Good afternoon and welcome to this very special show in which we will attempt to analyse just what Rishi Sunak uh, and his spring 2021 budget has in store for the construction and demolition industries. Uh, joining me to pick over the bones of the Chancellor's pronouncements will be my good friend and co-host uh, Peter Haddock of Content with Media. Uh, if technology allows, we also have a number of guests waiting in our green room as well. Uh, we'll be bringing those on as we go along. Uh, but before we get to them, let's just take a, a very quick look at some of the highlights from the Chancellor's presentation today. Um, the furlough scheme has been extended until the end of September, which I'm sure will be uh, positive news for a, a, a good few people. Uh, furloughed employees will receive 80% of their wages, much as they are now, uh, but businesses will be asked to contribute to their wages from the end of July as the recovery gathers pace. Self-employed workers will be able to claim a fourth grant from the self-employed income support scheme worth 80% of three months trading profits up to £7,500. Uh, the newly self-employed in the 2019-2020 uh, financial year will now also be available to uh, receive the payments. A fifth grant will be made available as well. Uh, the Treasury has also confirmed extra funding for apprenticeships with a cash incentive to take on apprentices boosted by £1,000 to £3,000 per hire, which is fantastic news. <clears throat> The Chancellor has unveiled uh, a mortgage guarantee scheme to help home buyers purchase, uh, purchase property with small deposits. Under the scheme, the government will offer lenders a guarantee incentivising them to boost the number of riskier 95% mortgages. Uh, the Chancellor also announced a three-month extension to the stamp duty holiday for properties under £500,000. Uh, the holiday for properties worth less than £250,000 will apply until the end of September. Uh, looking over at the infrastructure sector, uh, the UK Infrastructure Bank has been given £12 billion of capital and £10 billion of government guarantees to help drive an investment boom. Uh, almost £400 million will be invested alongside the private sector in high growth startups. The Treasury has set aside an extra £1.7 billion to aid vaccine rollout, uh, and the UK will launch a green savings bond aimed at retail investors to help raise money to drive the transition to net carbon zero emissions, which is positive news environmentally. Businesses will be able to access a new recovery loan scheme to replace the bounce back and coronavirus loan schemes. Um, just reading through my notes here. Uh, the Chancellor has also unveiled a £5 billion restart uh, grant scheme that will provide COVID hit firms up to £18,000 to boost their survival chances. The cash injection will be aimed at retail, hospitality and accommodation, leisure, um, but obviously that could potentially have a knock-on effect for the construction sector. Um, the reaction from the industry itself has been suitably positive. Um, one of the people we will quote here is actually waiting in the green room, but we'll, we'll grow through these very quickly. Uh, that's what Ian McKenzie at the uh, Guild of Property Professionals had to say. Um, a shot in the arm, he says. Um, Rob Oliver of the CEA, who is lurking in the wings as we speak, um, has also welcomed the... Uh, the super deduction, which I'm sure he can explain more about. Um, I've got to be honest, this is the closest I've ever watched a, a budget speech, um, and most of it made no, no sense to me whatsoever, which is why I'm very pleased that I've got some friends to call upon to explain some of it. Uh, the final one um, of the positive is from the CITB, Steve Radley there. Um, obviously, very interested in the fact that apprenticeships is going to get a shot in the arm. Um, let's take that off the screen. <clears throat> As with all these things, though, uh, not everyone is entirely happy. Uh, Brian Berry, the CEO of the Federation of Master Builders, believes that Rishi Sunak has missed an opportunity in today's budget to show global leadership with a long-term plan to make our homes greener, healthier, and more affordable to run. To discuss that and everything else that Rishi Sunak had to say, I'm joined, as ever, by my colleague, Peter Haddock. Um, I'm going to put you on the same size as me because I don't want to take the lead on this. Good afternoon, Peter. Um, I, I'm trusting you, you've watched the budget and you now know everything there is to know about it. 
Well, you see, the thing is, Mark, the, the budget itself, you know, there was a lot of things that were sort of pre-announced and, and things like that. But people, quite frankly, like myself, you know, I'm a, I'm a small business owner like you are. We're, we're a little bit worried about how everything is going to be paid for. And, and you know, there is lots of rumours out there about taxation coming in a lot quicker. And, uh, and there's a lot of people thinking quite nervously um, today, you know, what, what's going to happen? Uh, there's a lot of people, obviously, uh, that are self-employed as well, that have been missed out, this sort of gap of people. Um, but, you know, I think the, the, the encouraging things that I got from this is that for the construction industry, this is a really big moment because, you know, we have um, worked tirelessly as a sector through the pandemic You've seen that uh, in the early doors um, that there's a lot of roadworks that have been done. I spoke to a company uh, that were literally on um, airport runways saying, actually, with all of the planes not there, they've done work that's going to protect the integrity of those runways for decades. You know, so the, all of these things that have been going on behind the scenes, what we didn't want was a was a was a sort of halt moment or was a uh, you know, am I scared to, to put the money in and invest? And I think, you know, for me, the, the construction sector has had a, a, a big boost and there's probably quite a few people that are relieved um, to hear uh, about what's going on. And, and I don't want to steal uh, Rob Oliver's thunder, but, you know, he's uh, already highlighted a few things and I think we should get to him uh, so we can understand what those elements are and... Uh, and the super talk that's out there, Rob Oliver. So um, I'm going to hand over to you. Uh, we have put a statement out there already, and people can see that statement. Negotiations web they want to pass the yeah, you're cutting out a little bit there, Peter, but I think uh, we were looking for something super today. We got it um, with the so-called super deduction. Um, I thought that the picture you were using of the Chancellor there, he looked a little bit imposing uh, and not someone you want to pick a fight with. And, and I think after today, we're not going to pick that fight just yet. Um, the, the, the super deduction thing is basically um, a supercharged capital allowance. So um, that for every pound that someone puts into capital equipment or investment, um, they'll effectively get a... a a tax allowance of 130 on that, so 30% on top of, of what they spent. So that's uh, that's interesting because it's the first time it's ever been done across the board. There have been some schemes in the past where you've had 100% capital allowances, but that's only lasted for a certain period. Um, so where I see the opportunity for, for my members in the Construction Equipment Association is that uh, any of uh, uh, the plant hire companies or the contractors that have been wondering about their future investments and maybe sort of dithering over a decision whilst we have the, the COVID uh, shadow over us. Um, I think that's probably going to tip them over into wanting to invest because um, this is a limited period uh, tax concession. So I think it's only going to last for a year or two. Um, the quid pro quo, of course, is that in a couple of years, corporation tax is going to be hiked. So those larger companies that uh, are making profits are going to be hit with a, a 25% corporation tax bill, which is the highest I, I can remember in my lifetime. And uh, uh, But at least by giving the stimulus now um, with the new allowance, um, it gives companies not an opportunity to, to start to renew their fleet, but to renew their fleet with the, the up-to-date equipment uh, the greener equipment in line with what the government wants us to do in terms of, of lowering emissions and environmental impact and to improve the efficiency of our construction sites. So um, I wasn't expecting this announcement, but when it came, I was really very pleased about that. Yeah, and Rob, I think that one thing for me is that maybe this will accelerate. Just as COVID has accelerated the adoption of technologies and data, things like that, I'm hoping that this will actually accelerate those purchasing decisions so that we can purchase the, the very latest equipment, but actually with the latest technology on it, using the latest data-enabled things, and also you know taking full advantage of shouting about it with the, the Caesar emission stickers uh, that, that I know you guys are working on that says, look, this is a brand new uh, stage five piece of equipment. So that's all going to help, isn't it? 
Yeah, very much so. And it's and, and, and as we've discussed before, I know it's not uh, about just making making verbal commitments to to be more environmentally friendly in the way we we run our businesses and more sustainable or whatever. Um, but a, you've got to measure it. So that's where our ECV scheme comes in handy for construction sites. And, and you know we're working closely with HS2 on that. Um, but also to measure it uh, is the first stage of, of then improving things. And uh, there's more and more good technology, good machines, latest uh, latest innovations coming on in the market. We haven't, uh, my members haven't stopped designing new machines uh, just because of COVID. And uh, we're just looking at this now as a, as a leg up to get that, uh, that adoption um, supercharged. Yes, indeed, Rob. And I think the other thing about this, Rob, is you might be able to supercharge that investment. But what we do need to supercharge, and we always been talking about that, and it was only a couple of weeks ago, National Apprentice Week, is the people to operate this equipment. And so having the confidence to bring people in there with the apprenticeship um, sort of doable to £3,000 with this Help to Grow initiative, you know, and, and the grants and things like that, it's really important, isn't it? And, and actually something we haven't mentioned all at the moment is for business owners, there is this new scheme that is sort of the MBA for the state of the industry that's going to allow people uh, to just pay 10% of the cost to upskill themselves. And really, upskilling is what we need if we're going to take advantage of all this new equipment because we need apprentices, need operators, need people to be upskilled as well and how to run their business in a digital world, don't we? Yeah, yeah that's right. And I, I remember when we wrote to the Chancellor last year, I'm not claiming credit for this because a lot of people were saying it, I was looking for some activity around capital allowances uh, and also more work around um, uh, apprenticeships and uh, encouraging companies to, to take plunge with new apprentices because one of the saddest things of last year because of COVID uh, was a lot of companies just um, put their apprenticeship schemes in terms of recruitment into cold storage. So hopefully this will heat them up a little bit now um, to take things forward. And um, the ability to upskill with this new executive training scheme, which I'm interested to see the, the details of that. Um, that's uh, exactly what we need, I think, in, in certain sectors of our, of our uh, construction industry. So. Um, yeah, it's, it's good. It's, it's hit some good hot buttons. Thanks very much for coming on, Rob, and giving us that uh, initial big super impact uh, of the uh, budget there. Really appreciate that. And also appreciate you whipping around the comments so quickly to get out there so that the industry can see those um, that were, like I said, put out by the CEA earlier today. Very, very quick response, Rob. Thanks very much for your time. Right, thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. No worries. Good to see you, Rob. Yeah, I mean, one of one of the things that I was watching for, um, and, and I'm going to get somebody who's far more expert at this uh, on in a second, uh, Neil Edwards at the Builders Conference. Obviously, we, we've had some very, very big months in terms of, of construction contract awards. I think it was 12 billion in in December. I think it was six billion in um, in January, and then it was eight billion last month. And, and my big concern was that we we could hit a, a bit of a full stop on that um, if if the uh, Chancellor had, had made the wrong decisions on a few bits and pieces. Uh, let's get Neil onto the show to see what he made of uh, the Chancellor's speech. Hi, Neil. Hello. Good, good afternoon. afternoon, Neil. Good afternoon, Mark. So, are you celebrating? Are you commiserating? Or are you somewhere between the two? Well, I'm definitely not commiserating. I think it's a uh... It was a very positive budget, really. Um, it wasn't so much for the personal side of things. Uh, so the, the pound in your pocket is uh, is still going to be a pound. It's not You're not going to gain any money from that. But what I did find that it's given the opportunity for businesses to plan for the future. And uh, it, I think it's all positive in that side of things, especially with I'll pick on the, uh, the Freeport side of things. The last big announcement right at the end where he's, where he's come across with eight Freeports. Now, obviously, the devil will be in the detail within that. But when you're considering, I think I've written them down here. Um, those areas are across the UK. Um, it's what is it? It's uh, East Midlands Airport, I think, and around that area. Uh, Felixstowe, Humber, Liverpool, Plymouth, Solent, uh, Thames and Teesside. Um, the money is spread out and we speak quite regularly, Mark, that um, uh, it, London is very, it, well, it, the construction industry is very London centric and 
Um, this will give the opportunity of spreading the workload across the UK. And then we can look forward to other things like uh, HS2, 2A, um, and also other major infrastructure projects. There was none of those actually mentioned in the budget. Um, and, and he didn't go over old stuff. Sometimes a lot of governments go over old stuff and don't forget our 40 hospitals that were coming online and et cetera, et cetera. None of that was in there. It was all real news. Um, so I was very positive. Yeah, I mean, certainly part of the theme of, of Rishi Sunak's speech was uh, was um, he, he referred to the generous um, way that the government has responded to COVID. And he, he did that quite a bit. And I was kind of expecting that to lead into, um, you know, something on, on new hospital bills, because obviously we've been waiting for those. COVID has obviously changed the landscape as far as hospitals are concerned, because the hospitals we need today are not the hospitals we needed 12 months ago uh, before COVID hit. But you'd have to think that that needs to be waiting in the wings long before a general election don't you definitely i think it was in their in their manifesto so there's going to be uh, hopefully a little bit of a call to account with some as we go forward from here to make sure that what was put in that manifesto um what is that now uh, just over a year ago uh, that they actually deliver on it um and so they're kept to account but yeah um generally uh, the other thing that came across obviously with uh the uh, stamp duty holiday up to the end of what is it June now um, that also will help construction or move construction a little bit further forward but we are still uh, as we speak as well Mark uh, lagging behind on the number of units per year that we need to do and I think one of his uh, catch catch phrases that he that he came out was with was wasn't it something like we want to be a, a, a land of uh, people to own rather than rent something like that I can remember um, so it, once again positive news for the construction sector really and also mortgages as well he's looking at, uh, at helping people that can't find the the 10% deposit go down to 5% so yeah that, that, that had certainly as far as I'm concerned and I, I realize I'm an old stage of these days but that, that really had echoes of, of Margaret Thatcher and her um, buy your buy your council house it was it was very much trying to push people into into ownership which you know as we know that will filter down into house building which is already flying high um, and could probably do with flying just a little bit higher yeah definitely there, there was a there was a, um, a, a research done a few years ago but what also was about about for every one pound 64 that is spent in the construction industry sorry for every pound that is spent in the construction industry one pound 64 goes back to the economy so I wonder if that's been taken into account there, because if we're spending all this money on the uh, construction side of things, and whether it be new plant, etc. Uh, but Peter brought a fantastic um, point up. Who is, and we brought, we spoke about it on Monday, who is going to do this work? Because we need to start going into schools, and, and as I say, on, uh, on Monday. We, we don't need to get them at 14, 15. We need to get them at 12, 11, something like that to say that construction is a worthwhile and very good industry to work in. Think about it, at least think about it because teachers and universities are still saying that we're more in the digital world. Yes, we can use digital, but we still got to, as somebody's got to drive the plant unless we, we, we have huge input and huge uh, investment into digitization of machinery, which I don't think is going to happen in the near future. No, I, I mean, I'm sure Peter's got something to say about that, but it, it just strikes you, you know, when you think about that, you know, potentially an 11 year old now could end up working on the HS, HS2 project and certainly the <laughs> HS2 part two project. Well, you know, Neil, you'll be very pleased to know that, um, you know, I've got a 13 year old son that's doing that work for me because he's basically out there talking to people and saying in his classroom, look, this is a great in a great industry. I have a text message from one of his uh, friends um, who is actually 18, who's just text messaged me um, earlier today and said, Lucas has spoken to me um, and shown me some of the videos that you've been doing. I'm interested in finding out more about being a plant operator. Well, I'm going to go straight out um, and, and get um, information for that young person because they've been influenced by my 13-year-old son. But that's the kind of change and dramatic change we need. It's no good grey-haired people like myself going, oh, it's a great industry, da, 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 da. You know, we need people that are young, that are enthusiastic, that are actually 
you know, native um, social media and uh, and of YouTube users to do that job for us as well. But we need to give them the investment and encouragement to do that. And then we need to protect them against the, the trolls and people uh, that might have a go at them because they just feel that uh, they've got to have a go at somebody, you know? And so th there's a big ecosystem that needs to be pushed on. It's been done in all other sectors um, in, in the world, you know, that are pushing out uh, a lot of this material, but the construction sector seems to be very reluctant. And obviously we've got health and safety issues and things like that, but we haven't got this national body that is really pushing on construction and bringing people in to the industry. And everybody still thinks you'd be stood out in the rain uh, laying bricks, which is just not the case. Yeah. No, and I, I, I do think we've, we've kind of missed an opportunity. When you think about you know the number of people that are working in like hospitality and leisure that have basically been twiddling their thumbs for the best part of the year, you know, po possibly struggling to get by on 80% of their usual wage, and yet here in construction, it's been full steam ahead and, and everyone's just knuckled down and got on with the job and, and have been earning proper money as, as they normally do. Yeah, Absolutely. and I just refer back to our National Apprentice Week special show, Mark, and we had interviews there with a, a hairdresser called Chloe who had basically come in to be a plant operator for Lynch. We then had an interview with Jessica who had basically um, come in from training to be a police officer to come into plant. And then unfortunately we had an interview with uh, with Ryan. I wasn't saying it was going to be unfortunate, but he actually had his tickets but couldn't get a job. Now, this, this, you know, that means that the system is broken. You know, but there are people out there like Flannery Plant Hire, like Plant Force, like Lynch, that are all investing in skills hubs. And there is a huge amount of money being poured into it. But you can build it. Will they come? No, they won't, unless we shout about it. So that's great, Neil. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's an interesting point you make there, Peter. I, I was uh, watching Twitter this morning um, and Craig Spillard at Spillard, the, um, the safety system company, was bemoaning the fact that he'd been advertising two jobs, uh, one in the north, one in the south of England, you know, obviously allied to the construction industry. Um, and the job has been out there for about six weeks. He hasn't had a single applicant for either of them. Yeah. And yet you've got people, you know, obviously we've got a lot of people. I think uh, the Chancellor mentioned the fact that we've we've got an additional 700,000 people unemployed at the moment. Obviously, we've got a lot of people on furlough. And yet he can't get a single applicant for, for either of those jobs working for a tech company, effectively. Yes, they're allied, allied to construction, but they are very much a tech company. Mm. Something's gone wrong there, hasn't it? Yeah, and I think this is part of the conversation where it'd be a great moment to bring in Chris um, from the CPA, Mark, because if anybody's doing anything to raise awareness of plant operators, it's the CPA stars of the future, because, um, you know, that's what they've been doing for a number of years, and certainly um, that's something that we need to, to push out more in the industry as well. Absolutely. Well, Neil, I'm going to let you get back to your day job. Um, thank okay. you for dressing so smartly. I do appreciate it. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what we did to deserve that, but thank you very much. Um, <laughs> keep our fingers crossed that um, Rishi Sunak's um, announcements today echo through to our discussions at the beginning of next month, and um, hopefully we'll, we'll have another big month. Well, just and, to say that, just to say that we're already above a billion pounds of contract awards this month already. So it's good news. And we're already the third, the fourth, something like that. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Well, long may it continue. Neil, you get back to your Absolutely. afternoon and thanks for joining us. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks very much. And um, I'll be calling you to talk about all this on my podcast. So uh, expect a call in the next week or so. Okay, mate? Okay, okay speak to you soon. Right. Um, I've got I've got what we refer to in the trade as the beach ball of death here at this end. <laughs> um, I don't know quite what's gone wrong there, uh, but I'm going to try and take Neil out. Um, and I think we've got Chris has, has joined us. Good afternoon, Chris. Um, I know Peter's got some questions that are lined up for you. So, Peter, you take it away. Well, Excellent. Good afternoon, gents. Is you right? Not Thanks. too bad. Yeah, yeah. Good. Um, the, the, Chris, we sort of ended that last one with, with um, you know, bringing new people into the industry. I don't want to dwell on it too much, but the, I do want to say how impactful the CPA Stars of the Future is and how important um, the CPA is in driving talent into the industry. That's one of the critical things you're doing, isn't it? It is, yes. I mean, it's one of those areas which we as a, as a trade association obviously recognise the importance of attracting people into the, uh, into the industry. Um, Stars, Stars of the Future is, is growing year on year. Uh, we're already obviously planning 
planning for this year's event. But I think it's important as well to, to sort of recognise the fact that uh, the industry is evolving, the industry is changing. We talk around digitisation, we talk around modern methods of, of construction, that kind of thing. That that was an area actually highlighted by the uh, by the Chancellor in his uh, in in the budget in the in the budget papers. You know, the industry doesn't stand still. So so organisations such as ourselves, it's really important we get out there, we get the message about what what working in construction plant means, and and obviously all the different roles that are that are out there. So so no, the work the work goes on continuously. And now, you know, Chris, we spoke obviously before um, we're, we're doing the show as well. And one of the things that um, was a great big, um, hold on, um, I've listened to it, um, it's not there, uh, is uh, the, the big, big issue that your members and the industry is facing. And that is something that wasn't mentioned. And that's the rebate on red diesel. And you know, it's due to be removed. What? whoa what what's happening there you know that's a big big issue isn't it yeah. it's it's obviously one of the issues it was it was highlighted in budget last year it came out um well, i think we knew at the time when when they announced it last year they'd already consulted on it i think about 18 months before that so on one hand it wasn't a massive surprise obviously the government they're looking to enhance their green credentials um alongside the the budget papers which which came out just after sunak had finished speaking they have actually now published their full response to the red diesel consultation and uh the, the red diesel the rebate for construction will remain it will still be removed um from from april next year that that does remain the case so basically really that's not a massive surprise from from our side the news as as rob said around the super deduction uh allowance that's interesting that's something which i think very much is interested from our members side of side of things when it comes to okay how does this apply what does this mean but certainly yeah with with red diesel um we continue to to talk to the treasury hopefully we'll be speaking with them very soon about what what the next steps are but uh but no the rebate will be removed from from next year i thought the interesting thing that did come out of the budget was around um fuel duty now fuel duty isn't rising this year watch out for it next year because that may well be the case that uh, we, we we see that but uh, let's see how the economy goes for the moment but no red diesel uh, the rebate is is being removed and that was confirmed today well you know that's one that they weren't uh, wanting to highlight to us Chris, uh, in the budget uh, so we don't, we're trying to avoid bad news today um, <laughs> but you know what's interesting there chris is obviously i hosted the volvo construction equipment and uh, SMTGB introduction of the electric mm. wheel loader recently. Uh, it's only a couple of weeks ago. And that really is um, one of those things that is going to bridge that gap, uh, the, the sort of technology gap towards making alternative fuels like electric and hydrogen. I talk about them on my podcast and stuff like that. So, you know, there's an opportunity here from a capital perspective to invest in those products and the ancillary products uh, that you know maybe the portable wind turbines solar panels um you know hybridization of diesel generators to to power these things as well as sites but what 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 is your what are your thoughts on that sort of area really and uh, and how that sort of investment allowance will will play a part I think it's important that uh, you know the industry. The industry is committed to lowering emissions anyway. We've made no no bones about that at all. You know the industry over the last twenty five years has lowered lowered its emissions through through the various clean you know, regulations brought in at national and and EU level. I think at the moment um, the concern that certainly when we we surveyed members during the summer is there is a slight technical technology gap between machines that use red diesel and the ones that are coming on stream so as you say there's a lot of work that's gone on around uh hybrid engines a lot of the work around electric engines all of that is coming and and certainly the treasury uh have have spoken about that uh when we've when we've been speaking about them but it's just making sure that we overcome the gap um that exists that if the rebate is removed um and, and companies you know pay 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 for for federally white diesel when when it comes in next year it's making sure that they still have the ability to invest into the new technology as it comes on stream i've been working with bays uh on numerous numerous things when it comes to um the uh, department of business around uh looking at um 
innovations in 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 new technologies in in rmm they're working on that and they're looking at it which is interesting but it's it still it, we need a bit more detail around how this is going to work and and what it looks like that that that's the important thing and i think certainly that's what what members will be expecting over the next next few months as we move forwards yeah, yeah, and I think you're right there, Chris. And I think what's interesting as well, though, Chris, and we haven't really touched on it, but I think is really important to the members, is yes, we have my favourite project, the HS2, I like to talk about. And so there's a lot of people on HS2. But this creation of the National Infrastructure Bank, mm. yeah, that is, that's a good move. You know, that's a good move. And and, and also, it, 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 you know, it releases more funding. We're talking about the actual location of it is not in London. Wow, you know that's that in itself is uh, giving it a, a holistic approach as to what it's going to be doing. And there still is, you know, a lot of infrastructure needed, let alone the internet uh, connections and stuff that we need to talk uh, like we're doing now. So, what you know, what are the, your thoughts on the the infrastructure bank and and probably maybe how it could support you know more of the SME community within your organize you know within the the, the sector and, and your members i think the um i think the devil ultimately is in the detail around how it will be how it will apply now it, it comes into a force i think it's next month they're actually they're actually talking about it and they had announced it back in the autumn statement so they're, they're following up on that it really does come down to how uh, how important how the actual infrastructure bank understands the industry and understands how how the plant hire industry for example works you know he's got a fantastic we we've carried on through the pandemic you know we've been able to to work through the uh through through the through the crisis and whatnot so we've got a great track record and also a lot of the work obviously as you say around hs2 around highways england we hear about build back better we hear about how the government are, are looking to obviously construction to to drive the uh, the economic revival that's all really really important but i think it comes down to um usability it comes down to the culture it comes down to making sure that companies can access the funding that they need if they can do that then absolutely fine that's great i think infrastructure bank it's a really good idea um let's let's hope it, it does what it says on the tin for one of better expression um so yeah top marks for that but let's see how it's applied and what the user experience is like. Yeah, indeed, Chris. And I think, you know, for me, there's a lot more to talk about uh, in this subject, but I, I know we've got some other guests that would, would like to bring on. And, and for me, it's a great point to talk about a national infrastructure bank, which leads us on to how are people going to make, and your members, going to make that shift uh, between uh, getting older equipment and reducing emissions mm and using this this new super um, uh, ability to, to deduct from their taxation. Uh, but handing over to um, a regular live show contributor, Rupert Craven from Ritchie Brothers. Uh, so uh, Chris, thanks very much for coming on the show. Really appreciate that. And I'd love to be out again, uh, both myself and Mark touch base with you again when we see more of this detail because really fuel and the red diesel subject is something uh, that we definitely want to talk about and, and make available uh, thank you very much chris cheers guys thank you cheers, take chris. care good afternoon rupert Hi, good afternoon how are you both good to be here yeah. uh, feeling, feeling remarkably chipper thanks to mr sunak i, I have to say I, I there was a there was a little bit of me that that was concerned that he was just going to say uh We've got to pay for COVID now, in which case uh, all bets would have been off for this show, I think. But uh, no, it's it's. I'm feeling fairly warm and fuzzy about the world. How about you? Yeah, likewise. No, I, I think uh, just thinking back to a, a year ago, we were sort of having our second auction of the year in 2020, and then uh, COVID all kicked off. Um, what with how we're getting back on with the with the vaccines, Brexit working out well. Now we've got this. Um, this great budget's gone from there. For me, sort of three really key areas that have been discussed about, you know, is firstly that, that super deduction. I think that's huge. You know, it really is it's two years of putting a lot of money into new machinery, which uh, which for us is great because that will push out old machinery. We've got free ports. That's very interesting for us. Our, our main auction site and where we moved to first when we left America and uh, Canada to set up in, in Europe uh, was in Rotterdam and that was all about the Freeport. Plus we've got a site in Dubai, again Freeports I really think generate a lot of business from there so good to see them, see them going around that. So some really interesting uh, 
um, additions to the to the budget that I think will help our industry a lot. So Rupert, you know, for me, one of the things about this super deduction is is having the cash to take advantage of it and actually being able to understand the decision making processes. Because what I'm seeing is, you know, look, I'm I'm no investor, I'm no uh, I don't manage a plant hire company, but it really strikes me that actually I can look at the the two years I've got this period to actually invest and get a huge amount uh, back, and so you know. That be a time when I might look at going. Hey, maybe I don't want to keep some of this equipment for the three, four, five years. Maybe I want to keep it for the two or three years and trade that out when I can get a decent price for it, and then reinvest and get um, you know the advantage of this sort of super uh, deduction. And so, you know, do you think that will that will mean that more newer, younger equipment might come onto the marketplace, or you know, people might look at the look towards data to say you know, what's the value of my assets right now yeah i think definitely you know any any help from that so i think it's also a good way to uh, offset the increase in the incorporation tax you know that's still well below some of the you know uh, main markets in in europe um and the us so we're in a good position there but they're saying 25 billion um in tax deduction tax uh, um offset in that um deductions that they can do so i think that's really big and that will encourage people i know that they're going to invest in new machinery whether that was there or not you know we've got a massive lack of new machines coming into the uk huge demand everybody's wanting to grow their fleets there's lots of business to be to be had with them so i think that will just increase the uh, the situation and if people are investing it's a great way to get the uh, the tax back and of course, for then you know, the buyers, if we are going to get these sort of younger pieces of equipment coming onto the market, they are, you know, going to be quite desirable for, for people that are on are on quite large projects. You know, obviously HS2s and stuff that you know are saying brand new, brand new, brand new. But you know, there's there's heavy demand out there, isn't there, mate? There, there is, but you've got to remember most of the machinery that's sold in the UK is the used equipment market goes out of the country. Um, you know, that is easily 70-80% of the machines that are sold each year uh, used uh, go out of the country. Um, that, is, I think, is why we keep up our, our new machine retail so high. 24,000 units in construction sold last year. That was 25% down on the previous year. So we should be really around 30,000 units. Uh, bump a year, maybe getting up to 35,000 and ahead of that uh, with what's coming up in the next couple of years. But I, I think that is, that's the key why we have so many such a high number of retails for the size of the country uh, is because a lot of that machinery goes back out of the country as soon as it's sold and and that for our business it is a is a is a big um, flow through of machines going through the auctions going through the dealers and everywhere like that because they're not here for the second third and fourth life their their extra lives are out of the uk so that all fits in with the free ports with the um with the new machines coming through with the old machines going out everything we can go on there just helps that that turning and i think also most of our uh, companies are our people who are running businesses and the people who are actually operating machines are wanting the newer machines and they're, they're not really looking to sit in in old machines i think our expectations in the uk are pretty high look at the cars look at uh, everything else we see yeah i think you're right there rupert yeah. and i What's, uh, but what is interesting, Rupert, is you haven't even finished Maltby now and you're talking to me about Freeports. Surely you're not going to be moving to one of these Freeports. You've only just done up Maltby. Well, in fact, you, you've still got a, a bit of work to do on the site, haven't you? Well, they did say eight Freeports, but I think uh, we could lobby for a ninth of Maltby. <laughs> Very good. Certainly going to be um, good to get back on the site there. So doing a, an awful lot of work in the lockdown. But Rupert, that's great. You know, yeah, to get the yeah, no, good, 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 positive outcome, and uh, I think it's a safe set of hands with the with government at mind. Cheers, Rupert. That's Thanks brilliant. So, Mark, I think, you know, for me, um, I actually happen to be uh, with a British manufacturer this morning. Um, who have basically, in I call them the Formula One of uh, the attachment industry. So, because they invest in equipment that the Formula One racing drive, so racing car makers use to make Formula One cars. Um, so, without further ado, Mark, um, Marcus Clay 
uh, from Digbits. Uh, we've just been with him this morning. And yeah, good to see you again. Thanks, Marcus. <laughs> I, I, I owe you a huge apology, Marcus, because judging by the, the, the screen I'm looking at, you were actually first in the room and you're the last to get to, get to speak. So my apologies That's for keeping fine. you waiting. So, but Marcus, you want some of the things we were talking about this morning, in, and, and, and I, I, I was with you this morning, but left before um, the budget arose, was, was really about you as a high-end sort of attachment manufacturer in the UK and how, you know, some of the budget elements would support your business in a couple of different ways, which is one, allowing you to invest in even more really high-tech laser robotics and all the rest of it that you've got there but also how investment uh, loosening up investment would, would help you to sell more products into the marketplace so tell, tell me what are your your, your thoughts as, as a business owner and it's your 30th year this year so you've been around uh, the block for a while what are your thoughts on the budget uh, and what it will do for you guys right now well it is our 30th year we've only been a manufacturer for a relatively short part of that but Wearing the manufacturer's hat, um, the ability for us to get that 130% uh, allowance on capital equipment is really useful. Um, so, so that straight away helps us. Um, it would be hopefully good to see it run out a bit further uh, than just the two years. But everywhere else in the world that this type of stimulus has been tried in a developed economy, it's worked. You know, it's it's delivered results. It's encouraging investment. We see our customers also being able to benefit from this greatly because capital equipment, whether that's excavators or excavator buckets and attachments, um, is something they can invest in using this super deduction. And really, it's just the humble, old, good old annual investment allowance that's been rebranded and supercharged to be beyond the 100, 100% and to be up to, I understand, a million pound limit for the next couple of years. But we see that as feeding through into the industry well. We see it uh, benefiting us. Um, and we, we think, hopefully, that if the government see that it's paying back, they may well um, treat this as a longer term uh, stimulus to, to to boost up productivity because, in basic terms, one of the most important things you can do to ba to boost up productivity is to give uh, is, is to provide investment in machinery. Um, if you put an operative on site and give them a shovel to dig with, they can't do a great deal. If you give them a mini digger, they can do quite a bit more. If you give them a twenty ton excavator, they can do a huge amount more. And really, that's all just down to the investment and the allowance that this super deduction gives just helps ease the cash flow and gives some tax incentives but it does it does help ease that tax flow and marcus i think you know one of the things we haven't really talked about is is the sort of greenification if you want to say of construction projects and i know some of the things you make are bespoke for jobs but also you know you've got your range but you use different types of materials that are less heavy so for example you know when you're putting an attachment on an excavator and you're digging uh, with a heavier bucket you're just burning fuel aren't you so there's a lot of of the focus here which can be in investing in greener solutions and it's not just the equipment it's what you put on the end of it isn't it so explain that to us yeah absolutely i mean we we produce an array of attachments uh, a lot of which are custom made to uh, our our customers requirements um, and one of the things that we're very keen to look at is trying to sort of combine high wear um, high strength uh, steels which also allow you to use a lighter gauge of steel um, and in that way the bucket or the attachment that you're swinging about on the end of the machine if you like the dead weight um, is less so you've got more payload and you are spending less time swinging a heavy attachment around so you can use less fuel so i think investment in attachments is something that can bring um environmental benefits um and i think obviously customers are going to have to be investing in machinery over the coming years um to to to, to green up their fleet so hybrid excavators and all of these other technologies that are coming out and even fully electric excavators on the smaller end of the plant spectrum. All of these are things that require people to upgrade their fleet, so they've got to invest. And I think that's where a lot of the environmental benefits are going to come in as, as this um, 
this allowance scheme as this super deduction scheme pans out. And uh, yeah, I think you're right there, Marcus. And I think the other thing for me is you're a small business, but you've just in, you've just hired two people, you know, which is a relatively high percentage of your workforce. And so, yeah. you know, again, you, you've got this the, the new apprenticeship um, uh, elements and, and help to grow initiative there. And, and that is going to be really important, isn't it, for, for your customers and perhaps even yourself as, as you look to, to grow and, and bring more people into the industry, isn't it? Completely. I mean, it's the, 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 the general uh, need in business for skills is, is huge. And I think anything that you can do to make the ties between business and education closer is, is a good thing because as, as, as has been already mentioned uh, on here, um, hooking people into a career in the construction industry when they're younger is, is, is vital if you're going to get enough people with the right skills. So yeah, we, we see that as a, as, a, as a fundamental part moving forwards. It's a fundamental part of, again, raising productivity, having the right skills. Certainly, we've got people here who unfortunately due to COVID haven't been able to receive the training that they were going to receive in the last 12 months as soon as they're able we've we've got people who are going to be trained up and we, so we're, we're very much into um providing the employees with the skills but yeah we're looking at the future and apprenticeships and things like that giving us the ability to get the right skills in place moving forward well that's brilliant uh, marcus and and thanks for sort of they're coming on today to talk at it from from a perspective of of one of those businesses that really is supporting the construction plant sector by by innovating and, and making sure products are there you know and certainly seeing um all of the equipment you've you've purchased and the plans to formula one up even more um in the future um this morning it was uh, you know fantastic and look out folks for some reports on uh, uh, my Digbits adventure coming into my social media platforms. Uh, and thanks for coming on, Marcus. I think, you know, really useful to see how this impacts the supply chain and the suppliers to the industry. Thanks very much. That's great. Just thanks before you go, you. Marcus, um, I, 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 I don't know whether this is because our, our conversation is so sparkling or because they've got nothing better to do, but uh, three of our previous guests are still lurking in the back room. And I, I'm not going to... Um, hopefully not going to shock them too much by bringing them back in. Um, really, I mean, obviously you were responding to, to my questions and to Peter's questions, but I just wondered if there was anything else that, that you'd like to add anyone before we uh, we, we draw a, a halt to this. But one of the things that strikes me about this is Peter and I can talk about for an hour and a half on a new digger, a major financial announcement, and we've managed to knock it off in 45 minutes. I'm not entirely sure how we've managed that, but if there's anything anybody else would like to, to mention, budget-related or construction-related, uh, now is your chance i think it's um i think it's important actually that the furlough scheme the wider business uh business scene has uh, that, that that continues to september <clears throat> i think clearly what they've tried to do there look, looking at the economy is obviously have a bit of a safety bed to make sure that uh, if anything happened with the vaccine rollout if any new variants in the pandemic come along you know they've still got that element of of support because i think obviously everyone's wanting to normal starts on on 21st of june you know is is the date when the government wants uh wants things to be back to as they were but obviously i think they're still a bit cautious so i think the wider economy the mood music business confidence that kind of thing they're trying to make sure that 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 that's in place in case anything happens over the summer so that was actually quite interesting to see you know because obviously that all features and go through to to construction um so so yeah that was that was good Business confidence, I think, is a key one. I mean, it's something that, that Neil Edwards and I touch on you know, in our monthly discussions about the uh, the state of the market. You know, it does it really does have a ripple through Neil, doesn't it? If 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 we have some positive news, much as we did in well the last couple of months, but certainly I mean December, twelve billion pounds worth of new construction contract awards. That you know, money leads to money, and if everyone's feeling positive, there's more money to be had, isn't there? Yeah, exactly right. I think um, <clears throat> what needs to happen also, though, is those companies need to tell their operatives and their and their personnel through the business that you know things aren't as bad because nothing uh, spreads around more than sort of like negativity. 
Um, it's got to be back down to some of the business leaders to sit down with, I don't know, with focus groups inside their own companies to say, look, this is the plan. This is where we're doing and give people that um, confidence of going forward. And, and with the other bits and pieces that are in place now, uh, with loans, et cetera, et cetera, we all should be feeling a lot more confidence. And, and that brings stability, um, hopefully, um, yeah, 2022 will be the start of a very good year. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, I, what, what surprises me is the fact that, you know, we're, obviously we've, we've been through one hell of a year that nobody could have predicted. Um, and, and yet, we, you know, that positivity, it didn't really go away. You know, I, I remember reporting back, Neil, quite some time ago, you know, in the, in the midst of the recession, sort of 2008, 2009, when monthly contract awards were down to a billion and sometimes even less than that. And yet yeah. we've we've hit a four billion pound base mark and, and we've just not dropped below that. You know, come Brexit, come pandemic, come American elections that could have, have sent Jesus mm-hmm. through the market, and yet none of it has. We've just seemed to have soldiered on, and I, I, I think that's that says a lot about the resilience of the construction industry in this country, doesn't it? It definitely does, and we, I'm glad of it. Really, I really am glad. You're right. When the financial crisis hit the UK and the world, we were down to sort of like just over one one and a half billion pounds worth of work each month, uh, and now we're most surprised. Um, if anything goes below four billion, and now for the last six months or so, it's been hitting five and six billion, and, and, and obviously last month was well, in December was twelve, January was six, and last month was eight. So, uh, and 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 the number of projects that are coming through is still very high um, in the way of the where they're bidding for or being negotiated or whatever is still comparatively high. Well, it, you know, we've had. The last two months since the beginning of the year, well, since the beginning of the year, over 2,000 projects that we've researched uh, and added. So we're where we are above our normal average. So that gives us confidence as well. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to overstate it, but one of the things that, that you and I discuss on a fairly regular basis is the fact that not all of that investment in, in construction, new office blocks, new warehousing, not all of that stems from the UK. A lot of it is, is coming in from overseas. Oh, yeah. and, and that kind of underlines the fact that, you know, Brexit, yes, Brexit has had its issues and everything else, but it doesn't seem to have stemmed the flow of, of inward investment, does it? No, definitely not. I think, Mark, as well, you know, it's one for Rob. Rob, rumour has it, rumour has it, there are going to be some major deals, huge record-breaking deals for equipment to be announced in the coming weeks and months. So what are your thoughts on that from, from your CEA perspective? Because you know, that is it's going to be game-changing, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's, uh, it, it's really interesting, Peter, because um, they're talking about statistics and, and within our sector, um, the January figures of equipment sales were within 2% of what they were last January before the, the, the virus hit. And uh, I had a, a, a note through um, just before this meeting actually, where, um, where there's a prediction that the uh, worldwide construction equipment sales will hit a record this year. Okay, now none of us know whether that's going to actually happen, but if people are starting to forecast that, that is very, very significant. And, uh, and similarly, um, if the tide is turning now in the UK in terms of bigger investments in equipment and in, in different projects, um, then that's got to be good news. Um, but one of the things I was going to mention, which the Chancellor just sort of skated over a little bit, he, he mentioned about the UK being a trading nation and depending on international trade and whatever. Um, one of the things that, that we always say, something like 70% of what we manufacture in the UK finds overseas markets. And the frustration at the moment, of course, is the restrictions on travel and the restrictions on being able to, to keep in touch with those markets. And what we would like to see coming through this year is maybe a little bit more leadership um, from the Department of International Trade um, in helping us to facilitate trade with, with overseas markets. It's tough now because of the virus, but we've got to be really ready when uh, travel restrictions and the restrictions come off. And uh, I think they just need to do a bit more on that. Yeah, good point. It's an interesting point. I, I don't know how much of your your product, product goes to overseas market uh, markets, Marcus, but you know, I, I take it you are an exporter? 
We are, yeah. I mean, we obviously we have we have two businesses. Technically, we've got the the, the, the principal business is Digbits. Um, then we've got the other business, which was uh, started in 2007, which is Bath Crushers Limited, which is focused on the crushing and recycling and screening attachments. Um, that's historically always exported more. That was one of the reasons why the business was split out. But both businesses do export um, all over the world. Um, and it's something that um, yeah we're, we're watching closely because obviously ordinarily there will be things like Bauma that we might participate in, for example, uh, which we have in the past with the help of the CEA. Um, and um, I, I, I agree with Rob Oliver that you know really we've got to we've got to be starting to plan a way forward with all of that um, to see how we're going to promote the UK and our exports. You can tell I've just pressed the wrong button, can't you? <laughs> Good one, I, I, I don't know what happened there. Oh, you've uh, just, you've just you, you, you could genuinely dr train a monkey to drive this, and yet I still can't do it. And I'm, I'm a year in, I don't know quite what's going on there. Um, oh, out. so obviously you've just exported Marcus from <laughs> uh, live oh. show. So, um, I'm yeah. sure you're a large bucket. Um, there he is. Yeah, yeah. Re-imported. What, what, what you don't know is there's like two buttons here, and I've just pressed the wrong one. It's a 50-50 shot, and I've, hit, I've pressed the wrong one. Can I get you a big <laughs> uh, mark for it? <laughs> but um, you, you could, uh, you know, you could maybe put one of these stickers on it, uh, Mark. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I think what I need is a new pair of glasses. I think that probably helped. <laughs> Right, gentlemen, I think that will probably do us. We're, we're almost at the hour mark. Uh, unless anybody's got anything else they would like to add, I think we can uh, we can probably call this one a wrap. Uh, just let you have one final say in anyone. No, and silence came the stern reply. In that no. case, gentlemen, I'm going to let you all get back to your day jobs. Really appreciate you joining us today. Um, appreciate even more the fact that we're, we're meeting on, on fairly cheerful circumstances. I'm going to go onto eBay now and take down the advert that I put up for my other kidney um, because <laughs> you know, apparently I can afford to feed the family uh, going forward, which is always good news. Um, but in the meantime, gentlemen, I'm going to take you out one at a time. I will leave you, Peter, because um, I, I know you've got other people. But uh, Neil, thank you for joining us. Uh, Chris, thank you very much for, for joining us. Uh, we haven't met, but we'll do one day, assuming people let me out of the house one of these days. <laughs> no worries. Cheers. Rob, uh, great to see you as always. Um, and we we actually made it all the way through without referring to you as Bob, which is always a, a benefit as well. Um, and I've got... <laughs> And I've got the beach ball of death again, so it doesn't look like I can get Marcus out of the uh, the stream. Uh, in fact, it may even mean that my stream is frozen. But Peter, um, any final points from you? Uh, I just think what's really great about this uh, show and is our ability to actually bring these very, very connected and real-world individuals into the show, Mark. You know, it's great to hear those insights. It's great for those people to, to give us the time that they have today because I know they're very, very busy. It's a very important day, particularly for, for the organizations like the CEA and CPA. But I think it's really important that we actually report on these things as they are happening so that people can actually go away, look at the, the situation, find out more information and act upon it so that they can actually get ahead and, and get in advance talks to make the most of the, the things like the super deduction, you know, and um, so it's great. And uh, uh, only other thing really to say, Mark, is it's uh, a national, um, well, I've forgotten it, international, in fact, uh, Women's Day on Monday. And, um, you know, I will be joining you again on Monday to, again, highlight a really important day in the calendar. We just did an, an epic show for National Apprentice Week, um, but I think following it up with International Women's Day is is going to be important because that's one of the things that I am, and I know you are, very passionate about um, promoting diversity and inclusion in our sector, and I know it certainly needs uh, a lot more of that. So join us again, folks, on the 8th of March. Yeah, I mean, in actual fact, that's a, that's an ideal follow-on from this show because the number of times we've touched on the fact that there's there's all this money ab about to be sloshing around, there's lots of work to be done, somebody's got to do it. Um, and the fact that we've we've for so long ignored 51% of the UK population makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, but we are making strides, um, and, and I, I'm hoping our guest list that time, it was all male today, it'll be all female next time, all things being equal, um, which 
means I can take a back seat um, and, and let somebody else take the uh, the the, uh, the highlights just for once. Um, but in the meantime, everyone, thank you very much indeed for joining us. Uh, really appreciate everyone taking part. Peter, you've been a star as always. Um, I know I can rely on you for these things. Um, have a great afternoon, everyone. I'll be back here again. 10 a.m. tomorrow um, doing our breakfast show uh, with the latest industry news and views and gossip um, as I always do um, and until then I'm going to let everybody get back to their day jobs and I shall see you all very very soon all the best thanks Mark